Now tell me again what kind of tea this is. It's lap song souchong, something like that. <laughs> but it's smoky tea. I don't know anything about it except that I like it. Today I'm visiting Peach, who's a retired nurse practitioner. I interviewed her once before for a Catching Health blog post about a program offered by the Bath Housing Authority. Because she and her husband, Paul, own their own home and their income is below a certain level, they qualified to have some modifications done at no cost. So we can age in place or comfortably home, I think is the name of it now. So what does that mean for you? to age in place. Oh boy, it means something different to me versus my husband. But to me, it does mean being around all my stuff, my yarn, my fabric, my paints, um, in my own kitchen, as long as I can. You know, I just would not, at this point in my life, age 76, I'm not ready to go someplace that's I consider possibly sterile. And we can't afford to have a wonderful little place at um, Highland Green or something built to our specifications. So the next best thing for me is um, just being here in a house that we're comfortable with even <laughs> despite the furnace and all that. Well, this and is an old house. It has small rooms. It has a steep staircase. Very. Not exactly the ideal for people who are getting older. No, definitely not. Hard to get up and down the stairs for me. My husband thinks the reason we're doing relatively well is because of the stairs. So that's one of our arguments. And... Um, for me, it's too closed in, you know. We also have a little camp in Eastport. I think I told you that Paul bought a little piece of land and built a little cabin. It's like 20 feet by 16 feet. And we have such gorgeous, long views. And that's what I need for my soul. Eastport is where Peach and Paul first met and then reconnected many years later. It's a small coastal town in down east Maine. Peach and her first husband moved there in the 60s from Connecticut. They saw an ad for affordable housing and decided it would be a great place to raise their family. They arrived with four children and then had another, five children in six years, something she doesn't regret, but. You know, I don't, I don't regret my children. I adore them and I feel lucky to have had that experience but I would not have had five children I would have I, I was 21 when my first was child was born but still I think I would have you know delayed having children thought more about what this really means for me for my life for the future for, for the child's life you know Peach did not raise her children the way she was raised. It was important to her that they be independent thinkers, something that was not encouraged when she was a child. She grew up in a little village outside of Stamford, Connecticut. Her father's family was Russian and her mother's Hungarian. That's where the name Peach comes from. Peach is 
a Hungarian nickname, and my real name is Patricia. My brother called me Pisha. It means little rascal, or I, can I say it? Little pisser in Hungarian. And, um, you know, it just stuck because it feels like more of a peasant type name. And I always identified with my hardworking, um, gardening, strong grandmothers, both on both sides, my Hungarian grandma and my Russian grandmother. My Russian grandmother lived with us most of our, well, we lived with her. My father was in uh, France and Germany during World War II. So my mother and I lived with that grandmother, my father's mother, in a, it was a very matriarchal society. And I was very spoiled. I loved it. I loved my nana. My mother worked at a prism-making factory for the war effort, you know. And, you know, I was just spoiled by, you know, people who would come in and out. They felt sorry for me because my father, I didn't even know my father, you know. He was six, I was six months old when he left. And, um, you know, by the time I knew him, I was almost three, something like that. But anyway, I loved being spoiled and you know we had Henny the Iceman we had you know all those old wonderful memories when my father got back from World War II suddenly things changed and they got tar harder because you know he thought you know it's the man's job to discipline the child and you um young lady when you're 21 then you can make decisions and I was already making decisions I realized but I wish that I had been raised in a atmosphere of more more openness you know it wasn't quite like my mother's time when children were meant to be seen and not heard or maybe not even seen you know um, but you know I could not differ from what my father thought politically uh, religiously what's the other big thing like that you know the big things were not allowed to be discussed every time they were I'd get into some sort of trouble like I'd get grounded I wouldn't be able to do something wonderful that I wanted to do um, simply for expressing your opinion yeah yeah even though she was discouraged from speaking her mind growing up, Pisha's independent spirit was never quashed. Did you live up to your nickname? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell? Well, yeah. you are pretty lively, I well, think. Well, I, I enjoy, you know, being upbeat as much as I can be, you know. There have been times in her life when being upbeat was probably really difficult. Pisha's youngest child, Emma, for instance, was born with a chromosomal abnormality. She died four and a half years ago at the age of 44. She was lovely. Um, I feel so lucky to have known her, and so do a lot of other people. She was socially gifted, and she lived in a nursing home for the last part of her life because she had not only some mental challenges, but she had rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, really, you know, uncontrollable diabetes. Um, 
osteoporosis, just so many, many things for this poor soul. But she never complained, and she welcomed every new person who came into the nursing home, Seaside in Portland. And I still visit people there. You know, we had a real connection. We spent Christmases and holidays there, you know, and it, it was special. It was special trying, you know, hoping to bring some sort of joy to other people who maybe wouldn't have had that experience. It sounds like she brought a lot of joy. She did, and that's, she dragged us all in, and, you know. Into her joy? Into her joy. She really did. She really, really did. While we were talking, Paul came home and joined our conversation. Peach and Paul have been married 30 years. I asked them how they keep the love alive. Oh, <laughs> because Paul won't argue. <laughs> Do you try? I, I, I try to goad him into arguing a little bit, but he is such an even-tempered person. He has been through the worst menopause. <laughs> You know, I mean, he was, he stuck with me through all kinds of, you know, menopause, Emma's death, um, you know. We're kind of each other's best friends. We have history, good memories of each, of each other. And, uh, you know, we look back. I, I mean, I look back, I don't see any reason not to be in love with her, you know, one of those exactly. things. And now they're in their 70s and trying to decide what to do next. Paul owns his own business, making custom boat tops, mooring covers, and enclosures. He works out of their garage. And you love doing that work. Why? Partly because I like the machines. I like the mechanics of it. I like the aesthetics of it. I'm, I'm a boat person initially. And I, I just uh, I have a feeling for, the, for boats and aesthetics of boats and I also like material fabrics canvas I've liked sewing machines for a long time before I could sew Peach spends a lot of her time painting in her studio or taking art classes painting feeds her soul so does Eastport she wants to sell the house and spend the rest of their days in their little cottage so this notion of your wishing you could just get out of this house and move to Eastport and have what you need, yeah, be able to do your art, have the art community, why is that important to you? I like community, and I feel that I have a community and a base. We already have the land. We have a house that we could live in in the summer while we were getting, I mean, in, it just seems that we could do it. And also, I would like to die there, you know? I don't, I'm not ready, but if I had to choose a place, that would be it, because you look out over the ocean and people are so connected. So you feel a deep connection to that I feel a very community. deep connection to that community. Paul would prefer to stay put, the garage is all set up for his canvas work, and it would be hard to establish a new space somewhere else. Then there's the challenge of finding new customers, and physical limitations have also become challenging. My problem is I'm feeling like physically limited in being able to make big moves. Like my legs aren't very good, you know, I'm having uh, 
I have bad legs. And uh, I mean, I'm set up now. It's it's hard to, you know, finding a place with a room big enough to make a shop in and put a big enough table down to take on jobs that, that so someone can walk in off the street and say, can you repair this? Is it hard getting older? Oh yeah, physically. Um, unless you can get distracted by focusing on something, some project. I mean, that's the best time. It's been hard. I just had my shoulder operated on uh, a week and a half ago, so I had to take it real easy. For the time being, they'll keep doing the things they love, but moving to Eastport may remain a bit of a compromise. Now they go from May to September. Well, at least Peach does. Paul goes back and forth. As for the future, they'll just let things unfold. Before I said goodbye, I asked if they had any advice to share. Get together as many memories as you can and live while you can still do it. You know, I went sailing in my 30s, lived on a boat for a few years down the islands, and ran into people who were our age now who all said to me, wow, if only we had done this when we were your age. Here we are, we're retired, I've got high blood sugar, my, you know, heart problems, I, you know. And I didn't re realize how nice it was not to have physical problems. But uh, when you don't have the physical problems, do what you can with your body, you know, use it. Anyway, I have good memories, and this is part of them. But uh, He's pointing to Pish. <laughs> <laughs> I think live fully and find your own what makes you tick while you're being kind to everybody else too you know not I don't mean be selfish your whole life but you know really really focus on what it is that nurtures you and how you can nurture the world you've been listening to conversations about aging a catching health podcast I'm Diane Atwood to hear more conversations about aging and to read my blog posts on health and wellness, visit catchinghealth.com. This podcast was made possible by our sponsors, Avita of Stroudwater, a memory care facility, and Stroudwater Lodge, an assisted living community, both in Westbrook, Maine. You'll find out more about them at northbridgecos.com. A shout-out to Smith Atwood Video Services for editing the podcast. See what else they have to offer at smithatwood.com. And I'd like to thank Tom Muser for his support. He's director of the Center for Excellence in Aging and Health at the University of New England. Tom will be using some of the interviews for research on aging issues in Maine.